Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Over the weekend, you know, we know that Alberta is in full-blown crisis, which i got to be honest, is hard to believe. I never thought I'd see these kinds of headlines in my lifetime. But, you know, maybe those in the, the prime minister's offices, maybe they're starting to understand just how bad things are. Because yesterday, the premier, Rachel Notley, Rachel Notley came out and announced a very rare, kind of very highly controversial move to cut oil production. Alberta will cut 325,000 barrels a day. Because they're losing about 80 million. They've got a huge glut of oil in the system. They cannot get to market. Can't compete. They can't do anything with it. So this is being uh, brought in as a short-term measure. It is not a solution. It's not a solution. They're just trying to save their asses, frankly. Because we got to get oil to market. And we don't just have a federal government that doesn't just lack will. It is an ideologically uh, bent government against fossil fuel. And so while we hear Trudeau put on, you know, his best concerned act, which I believe it is an act, you know, while they pretend to get behind oil development, it's the policies they have in place that are making it absolutely impossible. And we hear it often, you know, the last government couldn't get anything built. Well, that's not true. Harper got four lines built, reversed uh, line nine and got both Energy East and Northern Gateway approved. All they had to do was build the damn things, but then this government came in and canceled those pipelines. Those pipelines. I mean, where would we be today if they hadn't been canceled? You know, so enjoy the cheap gas that you're probably filling up your car with right now. It will not last. It just won't last. It's hard to imagine that the one province that can literally pay for every person in this country twenty times over is now. You know, scraping the bottom of the barrel itself. Let's bring in someone who knows an awful lot about this and is awfully angry about this. Brett Wilson is, of course, a chairman, prairie merchant. He's a Dragon's Den speaker, author, philanthropist, a very successful Albertan who is just fighting mad and hoping to fight for his beloved province. He joins us now. Brett, if I had to put your um, your mood uh, in, a, in, a, I guess, like a ticker bottle, where would your mood be right now with um, government and the situation in Alberta? I've got a serious case of reluctant positivism, <laughs> if there's such a word. I'm, I'm pleased with the outcome. I'm disappointed that we had to go down this path. The fact that we had to enforce curtailment uh, is because there's an excess of supply relative to our takeaway capacity, which, of course, leads to the conversation about pipelines. So I'm happy that Notley stepped in. I was actually very actively pushing for government intervention. Yeah, and it's a little bit strange to see an NDP government uh, kind of going down this road because it wasn't actually too long ago that she herself was quite an activist against Alberta oil, and now she's in a government position realizing, oh, yeah, but we still need it. Well, certainly when Rachel and her team campaigned to get into office, it was on a slightly anti-oil, slightly anti-pipeline, pro-the-earth because, you know, the energy industry isn't good for the earth. The harsh reality is that she got into office, discovered the business of oil, 
And, of course, Canada's oil industry is ethical. Mm -hmm. It is responsible. It is governed. It is regulated. Something that Nigeria, Venezuela, Saudi Arabia haven't even thought about, let alone their human rights violations. So Notley came around very quickly. She's actually been quite a respectful and uh, respected proponent of the industry as she started to realize what the federal liberals were doing to us as a province and really as a country in undermining our energy industry. Yeah, and they have done a very good job of it. I mean, there's a lot of conversation about, well, the last government didn't get oil pipelines built either. And I would argue, well, they got a few done. And they had many in the in the pipe, so to speak, that actually got approved and then were cancelled by the Liberal government. The government itself says, oh, yes, we're going to build those lines. We've bought Trans Mountain and we're going to get it built. Do you actually believe them at all? I think things will be timed to some degree in terms of Trans Mountain around a re-election campaign. You'll notice that they didn't go to court to try and enforce the rights of the existing NEB ruling, but rather they said, "Uh, okay, fine, we'll consult some more people, we'll take a look at the ocean. All of the consultation was done. All of the oceanic review was done. Nothing material will change. So I believe the outcome is almost a foregone conclusion, not because it's a rubber stamp, but because all the work's been done. So I think that pipeline will happen, and the the federal liberals will attempt to convince the earth, and certainly the West, that they've done everything they can to empower. But they also economically understand the harm that they've done to Canada. I see some rumors of Energy East being resurfaced. I do believe Gateway should be done. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of talk in the background about a pipeline into Churchill, uh, and certainly Keystone is advancing. So... I mean, the, the future looks bright, and of course, every party, including the Green Party, will take credit for it as things evolve. So I'm hopeful. I am cautiously optimistic uh, that we will solve, but it's not happening fast enough. Jobs are lost. The investment is lost. Our credibility is lost. Things don't look good for Canada the way we're being governed right now. No, and the federal government's approach so far has been very hands-off. So you get a lot of words, but certainly in their fall update, they did not announce anything for Alberta. Certainly since GM's closure, we've had a lot of talk and we'll likely see more action in Ontario about um, you know, GM's closure than really, I think, what has amounted to a complete wipeout almost of the oil sands. And so you've got 100,000 people there out of jobs, but it seems the focus once again goes on to Ontario. Well, it's incredibly frustrating that it feels like the Liberals, consciously or unconsciously, you know, Bill 69, other, other efforts, are effectively planting seeds and watering seeds of discontent. That discontent leads to talk of alienation and, of course, separation. And it's, I'm disappointed. I love my Canada. I love it from coast to coast to coast. As the Prime Minister says, and don't forget the border, I love all of it, and I want to see us together. Right. Have you ever, I mean, we remember, well, maybe not so much myself because I was not even a particle yet on this earth, but I do recall, you know, my parents talking about it. I do recall, um, you know, the learning about it, but we know what happened under his father's rule to Western Canada. Would you say it's worse today under his son? It's worse today. I lived into, in fact, I was effectively bankrupted by his father bought a house for $99,000, wow. $20,000 into it. I was making $1,400 a month. I sold that house four, year later, four years later 
for $70,000, 15 less than the mortgage. I was economically bankrupted by his father. But what he's doing as his son, and I think Gerald Butts is a big part of this. I think the team that's been put in place have such an anti-fossil fuel, as they call it, an anti-energy industry bent. And Butts has gone on record yep. saying he wants to see the evolution and phase-out of our energy industry completely with this delusional belief that Canada can go purely renewables while the rest of the world operates at one twentieth the cost on coal, natural gas, uranium, whatever the fuel supply is, with delusional, stupid, and irrelevant on a global basis, and we're getting there fast. Well, we yeah, and you mentioned you're optimistic that the future looks bright. My concern is that we can't get there fast enough, and once the business is gone, Brett, it's not coming back. I mean, you know, it's the goal of Mr. Butts. You're very right in speaking about his ideological views because his goal is to make a green economy by 2052. He wants oil landlocked. Um, and, and the way I'm looking at it is it seems that they're going to get it by 2025 at the way they're, they're going now. Well... The hope, of course, in the West, and we're seeing this kind of commentary on the East Coast as well right now because of frustration. But if the liberals are moved out of power, and I believe, just a sidebar note, I believe that the swing vote in Canada was on cannabis, Mm -hmm. wasn't on climate change, it wasn't on the mandates that Trudeau believes, but I believe the liberals got in on the strength of their pro-cannabis, Harper's anti-cannabis the next time, that's not going to happen. I just can't believe, under leadership like Sheer, that liberals have a hope. I really don't. They've undermined our economy. I mean, today we saw the tweet sending $50 million to a worthy cause, but when we're hurting, there are worthy causes across Canada that need to be dealt with first. You look after your own backyard first, then you go next door and you go down the street. And... Today, Trudeau's tweet about sending $50 million to the... It's a worthy cause. I mean, no one's arguing that it's not. It's a great cause. But to do that in the face of what he's done in terms of Western alienation adds salt to a wound that's bleeding. Yeah, I tend to agree. It did not go over very well. But when you, uh, you know, given that you mentioned Mr. Scheer, um, he's having trouble. I mean, it's not unusual for an opposition to kind of not be known. But again, he's going up against a celebrity. And I'd like to think that maybe people will choose substance over style these days. But an awful lot of the conversation when it comes to Andrew Scheer is, well, I don't know him. He's kind of boring. Do you actually believe that he is moving in the right direction uh, to put up a fight against Mr. Trudeau? I have to believe that, but I fundamentally do believe it. I've watched Sheer on stage a year, year and a half ago. I watched him six months ago. He's upped his game in terms of his ability to engage an audience. Boring might be boring, but it will stay the course. And I really do believe that come spring, the issues of Western alienation, the issues of undermining our national economy will come to roost and hurt the Liberals more than Sheer has to, you know, Sheer can almost stay quiet and win. So I think if a thoughtful Sheer comes to the table, he's got the support of Ford, he's got the support of Premier Kenny, he's got the support of a lot of people who matter. We will change our government. Stay tuned. Brett, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Next here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.